going down, 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 down. Okay, we can start. <laughs> Does Noah leave this in? I've never listened to our podcast. Welcome to another episode of Invisible Disco Productions podcast, Writer's Block Party. We are hoping to share the work of emerging artists and break down the all too mysticized process of creating and developing art. I am Amelia Annan. And I'm Lauren Montez. And today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Mia Walsh Corbett. She is an actor and writer based in NYC. She graduated from NYU with a BFA in acting and a minor in creative writing. While at NYU, she studied at the Atlantic Acting School and Stone Street Studios and had the opportunities to study abroad in Paris, where she focused on creative nonfiction. She feels strongly that writing influences acting and vice versa. Mia has performed throughout New York City, notably the Delacorte Theater in Central Park, and Atlantic Actor mm, Atlantic Theater Company Stage 2. <laughs> she hopes to be back on stage as soon as it is safe to do so. You can find her on Instagram at Mia Walsh Corbett or online at MiaWalshCorbett.com. Hi, Mia! Hello, Mia. Hello. We joked so much about Atlantic Actors' work that I really started to say that instead of Atlantic Theater Company. That's you okay. slipped up. Yeah. You dropped it I in know. there. It's not as bad as Atlantic last Actors. week when I messed up the word Prospect Park, and I said Prospect, prospect Park, <laughs> like what? that. And they were like, Has she, oh, have you ever heard of it, though? And I was like, I have. Although Prospect Park is hard to say because of the T. Yeah, it's prospect. a bit of a... Park. Slammer, you know? Uh, there was a word for <laughs> it's that. A, it's a slammer. It was, uh, uh, a double plosive? It's two plosives. Sure, well, okay, this this actress over there? Yes, it is a double plosive. Wow. There's a different <laughs> word for it, though, to be honest. Okay, okay. Is it a stop plosive? <laughs> Maybe. God, I don't Prospect even remember. Park? Freshman year us would know. Oh, freshman mm. senior year. Us I could check not. my speak with distinction, but I'm gonna. You don't have to. <laughs> I could call Eden Skinner up on the phone. And really, just really just have a chat. Hash it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also started laughing when I said the word Paris because all I could think about was Emily in Paris. All of a sudden. Oh dear. Jesus. You know it's supposed to be like Emily in Paris. I know. That's why I started. Thinking. So it, it <laughs> no, it's not. You guys know it is. But Mia had the most horrified face just now um, the whole time yeah it's supposed to like i don't know what that you know, is because that's rhyming, the single most cleverest rhyme on earth i Emily hate that mo- i holy god almighty i watched five minutes of that show and i was like <laughs> this is a dumpster fire i mean it's just so bad and every single person i knew was like Emily in Paris is such a great show. I'm binging it now. And I was like, none of you <laughs> deserve. I'm binging it now. I can't. I, I talked can't. to my mom and she talked to me about it for probably 10 minutes. And I shat on her for for watching it. And then watching. I was like, oh my God, the craziest thing happened in Glee. And then she almost hung up. She was like, excuse me? So sorry. You're going to give me shit. But I, she didn't realize that there were the gays in Glee. And I was like, okay. You can back up. Glee is much more um, substantial. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Glee was groundbreaking. Thank you so much. Did you say groundbreaking, or can I not hear anything? <laughs> I thought I said groundbreaking. I mean, groundbreaking sounds kind of cool. I like it. What are your guys's, um, like, Emily in Paris? Like, my, like my, what was the one I came up with? Like, Mia could be, like, uh, Mia in Geneva. Or, I don't know, like, what is your ri- almost rhyming city? Mm-hmm. What was the one? Amelia in, 
Uh, I feel like, okay, Emily in Paris is not a good rhyme, so I feel like, can I come up Emily with one that's in also Paris. a bad rhyme? You have to, it has to be a little wrong. Like Lauren <laughs> in Melbourne, where it's like, that's, <laughs> that's not it, but. Actually, can we not do this? It makes me really uncomfortable. Great. Um, Mia. I agree. Anyway, Mia, you brought in a piece of creative writing for us that I hope is better than Emily in Paris. I, uh, I hope so, too. I mean, God only knows at this point. God only um, knows. Okay. It doesn't matter. Great. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, yes, I brought in a piece. Love, actually. Um, yes, you brought in a piece. Great song. I brought in a piece. It's called Camera Ready. Um, it is a short story. It's, I mean, like, is it fiction? Is it nonfiction? Who can say? There you are parts say. that are real and parts that are not true. Okay. So that's that's that on that, you know? Sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's a little diddly dupe that I wrote. And I, uh, <laughs> it makes me laugh. And yeah. I hope it makes other people laugh. So. I love it. Um, you want to you wanna read it to us now? Yeah, shall I uh, just We could also just in? keep talking about <clears throat> it if you wanted. <laughs> but that's why we have a podcast, so, like, you don't have to. Oh, okay, great. great. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, here I go. Ready? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm so ready. What would you do if, while taking hilariously staged photos in Central Park, you watched your ex-boyfriend get arrested? Could you maybe sit on the rock? Yes, with your knees up like this. Amanda demonstrated, crouching in the dirt in front of me, bulky camera at the ready. Two teenage girls shared a joint a few feet away and seemed relatively unbothered. The middle-aged man frantically dancing in the center of the lawn didn't flinch as we orbited. Sure, I was too eager from the start. In a hunter green jumpsuit, stiff from last night's wash, terrified I would split the seam down the middle, therefore exposing fleshy ass to the meandering Eastern European tourists, I attempted to simply sit. I'm an actor, three words that still catch on my tongue. Part of the business of selling yourself, your soul, includes headshots, dramatic portraits from the shoulders up, displaying a wide swath of professional and emotional possibilities. Is she a witch? A teacher? A pharmacist? An anxious assistant? Tune in on this week. Tune in this week on Wheel of Rejection to find out. I'd had a dream about him a few weeks prior. He'd texted me, prompting me to once again trip headfirst into pseudo-love. His main tactic was active response versus deafening silence. If I sent an article I thought he'd like, I'd get a response within seconds. He'd add sharp commentary or challenge an opinion or joke. I genuinely wanted to know what he had to say, and he knew that. But he was good at keeping up conversation, keeping up hope. Response rates stretched into days and then weeks. I knew it was time to release the the rope holding me to him, my hands cut and my dignity slipping. The text he'd sent in the dream was perfect. Hey you, happy birthday. I hope it's a great one. I've been thinking about you a lot lately. I miss you and I love you. Can we talk again soon? I then leaped out of bed, ran through the Lincoln Tunnel wearing only a striped granny panty and wool socks, flipped off the trucks with their blinding headlights honking at me, got winded on the Brooklyn Bridge, showed up outside his apartment building looking like a true prize. I was ready to settle back into him. This was all a dream, remember? Can you think of a conversation you had recently that left you feeling a little curious? Amanda said with her shudder, carried on. When you get headshots, the ultimate goal is the photographer makes you look incredible, like a model, or somehow entirely like yourself. 
preferably a combination of the two. Once you nail down the witchy teacher pharmacist, you get the bonus requests. Look at me with disgust. Or, can you show me how you would seduce someone? The smolder, the inner mean girl, the doe-eyed child. The ways in which middle-aged men can reliably pitch you to others. Mere fact. If you book work, everyone gets paid. Yes, the industry's getting better, blah, 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 but it can still knock the wind out of you. It was around the corner, Park Bluff, Midwestern tourists, that Amanda suggested, suggested we'd captured enough of the jumpsuit and I should change into something else. I pulled at the magenta shift dress stowed away in my tote, knowing that in it, I looked like an absolute knockout. I could turn heads and feel unstoppable doing so. The power in clothing is remarkable. I slipped out of the jumpsuit and into the silk smack in the middle of the park, my hastiness surprising even me. The surrounding skyscrapers let in streaks of early evening gold. Wind was gentle. We walked to a bridge for some full body shots. The shouting began. Our last real relationship marker was a weekend trip to Storm King. He'd ever been and I was itching to return, desperate to frolic among sculptures and quietly plan our wedding. We'd talked about getting married, not necessarily to each other, only the concept, the ritualistic institution of it, etc. He was adamantly for it while I stood firm in hesitation. If you ever go, there is a museum, a house really, sitting atop the hill that overlooks the park's most iconic sculptures. You can have cocktails on the green, set up chairs for the ceremony wherever you like, and have dinner in a tent near the mirrored fence. It would be perfect, and if you get married there, congratulations. I wish you a lifetime of happiness. You are living my fantasy. We picnicked before wandering. With space and time abundant, I taught him how to do a cartwheel in the late August heat while he quizzed me on the columns surrounding the koi pond. I guessed Roman. He quickly scoffed, then launched into an explanation of every column to ever exist. Ever. It was... charming? By the three-legged Buddha, we laid underneath a tree together, suspended in slightly disturbing stillness. I marveled at the vast expanse of branches and leaves, yet I couldn't stop wondering, what are you thinking about right now? What's going on in there? Is everything okay? Are we okay? It was the most adult relationship I'd ever been in. We laughed about how we both wanted to know more more about our therapists, yet every internet sweep came up short. We sent each other playlists curated to reveal just enough of our own tastes and histories. He told me about his sister's frequent hospital stays while I relayed details of my parents' mess of a marriage. I began to realize that's what adults dating looked like sharing the messy things while hoping, praying, that the mushy teenage romance sustains itself. Scary shit. A small group of protesters chanting with signs made their way into the park. When a rogue anarchist shoved one of the many cops around the park's entrance and yelled, Fuck you, you pig! The commotion startled everyone. A group of ten or fifteen, their actual cause difficult to discern. It almost didn't matter. Cops sprang into action, intimidating the other protesters and carefully isolating this one, the yelling anarchist. From the bridge, our view was perfect. I was leaning against the stone walls, adjusting a single facial muscle with each click of the camera. Chin down a little. Look down, look up. Turn away from the camera so it can freeze your hair falling into into place. It's a fun game to play. I only caught a second of the protester debacle. I saw them questioning him with pearlescent zip ties around his wrists. He must have caught the magenta in the light. Our eyes locked. I froze. Can you look back to me? Chin up? Right there. Yes.
That's the ball game, the end, folks. <laughs> <laughs> end of podcast. Done. Um, Drops the mic. Yeah, that's hey it. Hey now. Bye now. Um, I mean, I loved. There were what was there was one phrase in particular that I was like, "That's Chef's kiss," but I forgot it. And Ooh. was it like the fleshy? No. Fleshy ass. Why do you ass? think that was going to be it? I mean, I did love that phrase. Because you made I a did face. Love it. I did love it. But I... That was not it. It was... Um, oh, it was certain oh, okay. in hesitance or something? Or like... Standing firm oh, yeah. uncertainty. Yes, that was it. Because I was like, that's an amazing phrase. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that was juicy. That was juicy for... It was on the short film, like... Oh, Thanks. Really? I thought it felt like a personal essay. Okay, that too. I mean, I either. I'm not disagreeing with either. you. Either. I feel like I could read a book of these, like, personal essays. Yeah. yeah. You flatter me. <laughs> um, I mean... So, uh, how much of that is real? Did you actually see your ex boyfriend get arrested? I mean, do you want to know? Yes, you want obviously. You I, I just want to know if the arrest... No, I want to know, know everything that was real. real. No, I, I kind of see now. I'm like, maybe I don't tell you anything. <gasps> That's fine. You cannot. That's tell so us. mean, Lauren. I feel like I would be uh, okay, just, like the, stabbing myself in the back is the in rest a way. True? Okay, the then rest don't tell us. Um, no, she, she's not. Uh, okay, I will tell you one thing that is true and one thing that is okay. Okay, fake. Okay. Um. Thank you. Uh. Uh, I did go on a date to Storm King. Yeah, I knew that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 I don't want to tell you what's not true now. Now I'm, mm, mm, I don't know. It's like fun to, to not Secret tell people. Secrets. Secret secrets are so much fun. You know what I mean? Where I guess I I mean we sort of got a little bit of where it came from where it was, so you wrote it for a class I wrote it for a class Ooh, um, big man on campus I, goes to class I do go to class <laughs> I do I do enjoy class um, I Lauren knows that I had perfect attendance for a hot minute there in like freshman dare I say and sophomore year I don't know if anyone no one could see it but I just did the hugest Atlantic I did for two years yeah. Yeah, Laura, okay, so Laura and I both did. So you can I roll at both of us. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I did and like then junior year hit, we were all like, wait, why haven't we been skipping this whole time? Yeah. This is so dumb. Um, yes, I wrote it for class. Um, I was in a, a master class with a professor and a writer named David Lipsky last in the fall. Um, I wanted to say last semester, which is true. Um, but he was like this super intense, super awesome writing guy. You know what I mean? Like he he was he, he was just so much fun. And uh, I wrote a lot of. I think it was a creative nonfiction class, technically speaking. He encouraged a lot of fiction, and I don't always feel comfortable lying to people. He he he. Um, Said the actor. 
said the actor, which is, you know, therapy, baby. We're unpacking have, it have all. Have you ever read, um, I don't know if you read The Things They Carried in high I school. I did read The Things They Carried. But there is, like, a passage, there is a passage in it about, like, what is fiction, what is lying in fiction. Yeah. I Let me see if I can find it. I've been meaning to pick that book up again because I read it. I really hate war books and war stories, especially, I think, at, like, 17, I was, like, so not into it. Um, yeah. But I, do, I would love to pick it up again and uh, revisit that. But, yeah. Okay, I think it's this quote. In war, you lose your sense of the definite, hence your sense of truth itself, and therefore it's safe to say that in a true war story, nothing is ever absolutely true. Right. I think that's why I hated that book. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, so if this is just a bunch of fake war stories why am yeah. I supposed to care I don't know if just reading that I also felt that way in high school but reading it again just reading that quote again I'm like maybe he's not saying like oh I lied like oh we didn't go to this place or we didn't do that but it's just like he's admitting that his version of the story isn't necessarily the truth for sure but is anyone's know, version of the story truth yeah. Did you guys watch WandaVision? No. No. No, I was just going to say, I feel like there's been a recent surge in um, stories with, like, Fleabag, um, uh, WandaVision for her. Stories that are very, or Euphoria, that have, like, very biased narrators, and I think in a story like, I feel like in those kinds of books, like, it's just kind of, it's said very naturalistically, but, like, they it's sort of on you to accept that they're unreliable and that that's not the truth. Mm. I feel like now people are really exploiting or using to their advantage the unreliable narrator to like, wait a minute, we can tell this story and we can show you how unreliable it is by making it a 50s sitcom or whatever, you know? Mm. Okay, and also that reminds me of this book I read recently called Picnic at Hanging Rock and there's in the... Amelia has a full-blown librarian, She's just whipping out books left and right. <laughs> in the preface it reads whether picnic at hanging rock is fact or fiction my readers must decide for themselves as the fateful picnic took place in the year 1900 and all the characters who appear in this book are long since dead it hardly it hardly seems important which i think is the biggest flex on any reader before they start your book <laughs> being like what's it to you babe like okay funny you should bring that that up this is very random but also funny i was in target today and i was buying a book for my grandma because when she likes this like summer author and she writes like these very fluffy novels and i found one of her books and i was like oh this is great and i opened the front cover and it said i wish i had it it's downstairs but um it was something about, like, this story is entirely fictional and any coincidences that may occur in real life are purely chance. That's just what people say. Like, that has to be said at almost any realistic book or TV show. I've this, never... This whole story is made up and any... Have you, have you never... Any, um, um, it normally plays at the very end any, credits like, or reference something. to anyone that's real or dead is purely coincidental. I don't know that I've ever encountered a thing like that. A little, like... Just a blurb. Tag. Yeah. I'm gonna look. I have another one of her. It's actually, um... It's actually... I believe it's at the end. Yes, okay, so it's in this book that I literally just pulled off a shelf. It's definitely fiction. It says... This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are the product of the author's imagination 
or are used ficti fictitiously and resemble the actual person's living or dead business. Oh, and any resemblance of any actual person's living or dead business, companies, events, or locales are entirely, entirely coincidental. Yeah, I can't believe I've never noticed that. But isn't that funny? Yeah. Because I, I, here's a question, though. Uh, this book specifically is set in New York and uh, references places that are real. So I wonder if that, you know, like, what is truth and what is fake? What is fiction? Is it lying? I don't know. That's why I don't, I don't know if we should ever, I mean, I don't know. I think it's interesting that there are the categories of fiction and nonfiction because so many fiction writers just write from truth that happens to them or they just tell outrageous stories yeah. and, and embellish or them. Or like... For example, in musical theater, uh, Jason Robert Brown wrote Last Five Years, which is entirely true. The entire plot of that movie, or musical, is about his life, except it's fiction. Yeah. Because he's like, he claims it to be fiction, but it's literally, his ex-wife's name is like Catherine. And the character in the movie, is, or the musical, is Kathy. Or something ridiculous it is like Kathy, that. I like right. that you it said Kathy in the way that he angrily Kathy. sings it in a song where it goes, don't we get to be happy, Kathy. Happy Kathy. Like yes. <laughs> um, he does. No, he really does. He also wrote that it's, it's just, yeah. and entirely exposed himself as being an asshole. And it's like how Noah Baumbach yeah. is making, making divorce movies. Marriage and, like, story marriage is story, entirely true. Story, um, Scarlett Johansson character just disappears halfway through because he just gets so absorbed in his own story. But he's dating, what's her name now, right? Greta? Greta Gerwig. But but the mistress in Marriage Story is the, like, so, like, that's his real story with uh, uh, his marriage with Jennifer Jason Lee and the person he cheats on, the person he actually in real life cheated, cheated on Jennifer Jason Lee with was, was Greta, Greta Gerwig. Gerwig. Wow. And he cheats on, like, uh, he cheats on Scarlett Johansson in the movie. Wait, does he? I I watched it once, and I yeah. don't think I'll ever watch Basically, it again. Basically, he, like, cheats on her a bit, and he's like, you can't get mad at me. You you are unavailable. Um, and she was like, we're married. <laughs> Remember when the Scarlett Johansson meme was, like, the thing? Yes. If Noah Baumbach ever listens to this podcast, I'm really sorry. I do Noah Baumbach, I'm great. not sorry. Do better. <laughs> I'm also not sorry, Jason Robert Brown. Sorry. No. Sorry, yeah, no, Jason Robert Brown, I'm not apologizing. Um, <laughs> Jerp. <laughs> Jerp. Jerp. <laughs> My brain's working five times faster. Keep up. Um, anyway. How do you normally go about writing a piece of literature or anything? Do you write any other types anything? of... Anything? Do you ever write? <laughs> <laughs> do you, have you ever do written you know anything? How, do you know how to read? <laughs> you um, I... I, this is why I write nonfiction because I love telling fun stories from my life, and I like to think that like if it makes me laugh, it'll make other people laugh, um, or like cry, <laughs> you know, the two emotions, um, crying and laughing, crying and laughing simultaneously. Um, but uh, I really, it's hard because I enjoy writing when the spark comes and when you are like oh yes this is an idea let's put it down on paper yes 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 type 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 let's go um but when you are under like a deadline for class or like you want to send something to a publication or something like that like I do find it to be much harder to to sort of get something out um 
Yeah, I don't know. I've also been, I feel like I've been working on probably the same like 10 or 15 pieces for the past like six months to a year. Also because it's COVID time, so like time isn't real. So, you know, I don't know. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely like an inspiration, when inspiration strikes kind of person. I don't, I'm really bad if I'm like, oh, I'm, I have an hour today, I'll write. I cannot do that. I'm so bad at do that. Do most of the things you write look look like this? Um, yes and no. They're all... Uh, mm, I do mostly, like, short stories or, like, personal... I like personal essays, mostly. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a book that I'm heavily inspired by. Um, it's by Curtis Sittenfeld. It's called Prep, and it's a... Uh, I believe it's fiction technically, but it's about a girl who goes away to, to at an elite preppy boarding school. It's very similar to a separate piece. If you read that in high school, anybody? Yes, I did. I read that at a much too early age. That was my favorite book in high school. Um, mine was the great Gatsby. Doesn't, doesn't someone die? Doesn't someone Phineas die? Phineas dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it. I read it when Spoiler I was, alert. I found it in my house and I, yeah, sorry. It's been out for a while. It has been. It's been out for a while. Um, I read it when I was like 11 or 12, and I was like, this feels too This is mature. Yeah, it's very like... This is mature. I haven't read it since high school. I should pick that up again and and get back to it. Is that the one that's homoerotic, or am I thinking of Dead Poets Society? Or aren't they all, though? I I think they kind of are all. There's something so homoerotic about prep school in general. Yes, there Very is. There always true. is. Oh, uh, my... Oh, sweet. What's that? It's the girl version of that book. I tell you Not I love really you, but then I have to kill you? No, it's... <laughs> is that a girls at an elite prep school no. that was also a spy school? Um, anyway. Um, there were like no. six books. Oh, I remember when people were reading that, Lauren. Yeah, that was the a binding book. of it it's was called... like plaid. It's Sweet Days of Discipline. It's really That's the fourth book Amelia has just held up, by the way. <laughs> Everyone take a shot every time Amelia I have a holds up a book. Um, who else inspires you? For writing or just in life? <laughs> um, you can say me. It's okay. I mean, always. <laughs> in every way. Um, writing influences? It's weird because, like, I... I've been trying, I don't know. Why did I think you were going to say, I can't read? (laughs) Anyway. Contrary to popular belief, I can, which I'm very proud of. Um, I really enjoy Joan Didion, is my favorite nonfiction writer. Um, I, but it's also crazy. I was thinking about this today because I, I did read these questions in advance. So I was trying to prep some, some answers for you. And I do think, in my mind, the world of, like, nonfiction writing and fiction, any kind of, like, actual book exists so separately from any kind of, like, film and television script or writing, which is Mm -hmm. so funny because so frequently books are adapted to be film and television series. So I don't know why they exist in two separate worlds for me, but they do. Um, Who else do I love? I really love... I'm going to expose myself... (laughs) right now I mentioned this before there's this woman I think her name is pronounced Ellen but it's spelled Elin Hildebrand she writes 
fluffy beach novels that are set on Nantucket. And I love them. Every summer I read them and they're just great. But it's so funny because like they're not, they're, they're New York Times bestsellers, which is great because people love them. But they're just really entertaining stories. Like they're not insanely well-crafted. She's also, she like went to the Iowa Writers Workshop. She's like a writer in her own esteem. But like she's not, I don't want to like trash her. But it's, I don't know. I think it's. Well, it's just, you know, like, that type of story has been put down by by the man. Um, because it's, like, you know, not, like, frickin' for the whom the bell tolls or something. It's like how something. promising exactly. women, um, they were using exclusively, like, girl music to show that, like, yeah, like, that can yeah. be just as serious. Just because it's for exactly. girls doesn't make it yeah. less good. Exactly. So, so I really like those so, books. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I want to note Inspiration. It, every time you talk about those books, I... I feel so such joy Didn't we actually talk about it the other day, Lauren? Mia wasn't even there. We were like, remember those yeah, books okay, that one Mia of the was first talking times about? The three of us hung out, just the three of us. We went to your apartment, and I was there, and then Amelia was like, I was texting her, and I was like, come here. And then you brought it up, Mia. Yeah. And I remember Amelia laughing Oh my god, so these books? Hard. Yeah. Wait, I've talked about these yes. books before? Just like one time. You have that actually. That is a scream. I loved it so much. I laughed so hard for so long about that. (laughs) I think this is one of the most embarrassing things about me. (laughs) Like, but that's so funny because it's like everybody has their guilty pleasure book thing, you know? Like, it's sitting next to Shakespeare, so. (laughs) Education. And and who do you enjoy reading more? Be honest. The the non-Shakespeare. (laughs) <laughs> but i don't know and i mean boom they're they're all stars in their own right look shakespeare is not meant to be read i think That's i was probably talking it. about it because it was probably around this time of the year i think it was and she tends yes. to release, and i think you were like yes yeah she tends to put out a new one literally every year that's the other thing this woman has written like 30 books one a year. That's crazy. It's insane. She pumps them out. And they're all like, <laughs> I mean, are they, again, are they going to win a prize? Probably not. Are they going to sell a thousand copies <laughs> or many thousands of copies? Yes. And does she have fans? Yes. Am I a fan? Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, way to go, Ellen Hildebrand. Big fan. Big, big fan. <laughs> God knows she's listening. I really hope. I really, really hope. Um, <laughs> Mia, so this too. story Gosh. particularly... Yes, Because it kind of is, like... It's very well um, framed, I guess. It's all very, like, encapsulated in this moment. But by the same token, like... You're sort of playing with time throughout. So, like, if you were... Would you ever add on to it? Or do you think it's, like, in its full form? You know? Um, yes. Very great question. Um, I would probably, I mean, if I were to expand on it, I would probably only expand what is already there and just go into, like, greater detail or add some more things. Um, I like, well, it's funny. The relationship itself was very short, Lauren, as you know. (laughs) Um, so there isn't a ton to say about him and 
I do think the the occasion of bumping into an ex in a very compromised situation is a very like quick moment so I wouldn't necessarily want to draw it out more um and I like I also am someone who can (laughs) I I like to like beef up things a lot so I've had to learn to hold back a lot and know that like sometimes a five-page story can be really great and a 17-page story may not be the best fit for that story you know Mm. so yeah I don't know jury's out on that one um but it's always fun to go back and and reword things and rework things and never say never um are you the narrator I mean like obviously we talked we had a long talk about (laughs) whether or not it's real but I just mean like um in this story you were reading it so it's hard to say for sure but it seemed pretty Mm -hmm. like you from your sort of point of view or a character of you's point of view do you always write like that or do you like to take on other characters more uh I I feel very comfortable writing in my own voice and Mm -hmm. it's very hard for me to embody other people I don't really have an issue with writing dialogue or like fully bringing other people to life necessarily but it's hard for me to like put myself in their body and write from them um but if I were to write like let's say a fiction novel let's get really crazy sure the narrator would probably be a version of myself yeah (laughs) for sure um you already know I, i do um you, I mean, you are an artistic person in other ways as well. Um, and you mentioned in your bio that you think acting and writing influence each other. Can you just, like, tell me more? Chit-chat about that? Yeah, yeah you already Talking know. Talking point. I think Here it is. He, I literally was like, they're going to ask me about this, and i You put it in laugh. there, and I did. I, I willingly put it in there, so here we go. Breadcrumbs, and I'm um, eating them up. I think, well, Lauren and I went to the same acting school. It's where our friendship... Hashtag Atlantic actors. She had to say it. She had to say it. Um, But I do think at Atlantic, there is a very deep appreciation for the text and the writer and uh, upholding what you feel the author's vision is in a way. Um, and I don't think I realized that until very far out of Atlantic. <laughs> that's actually crazy. Cause that's like one of the first things they tell you. They tell you that all the time, but I don't think you like fully realize it until you are kind of away for a minute. Um, yeah, for sure. Can, can confirm. Um, uh, but I really think, like, acting school really made me appreciate writing a hell of a lot more, um, critical of writing quite a bit in terms of, like, scene work and and logistics, um, and I don't know, I just feel like you learn so much about writing by being an actor, and I feel like I can bring my, I don't know the word for it, I feel like I can... Yeah, yeah, that mojo from acting over to writing because it's it's all kind of one and the same. Dare do you I say, do you, you know? often get told that you're good at writing dialogue? Um, no. 
No. Interesting. Because I, I do feel like... I try to be. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge for me. I do have to, like, comb yeah, over Yeah, why is it a challenge? I think it's hard to encapsulate what... I'm really... Well, first of all, I'm really bad at remembering what people said exactly. Okay. So even when I, like, relay a you message, it's a version. folks. Mia never listens to you. I don't. I simply don't. <laughs> um... But it, it will be a version of the message that I'm relaying. It, it will not be the exact same one. No. Um, so it's hard. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, I have to, it's funny because I, again, coming back to the writing acting thing, sometimes when I write dialogue, I will cut away all of the other, like, noise mm. sometimes and just read the dialogue like it's a scene and make it make sense. Yeah. And that, I think, helps so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's smart. There you go. Pro writing tips with Mia Walsh Gordon. Hey, now. So are there movies that influence your fiction? Because I, I, I feel like that a lot personally. Like, I think, like, things will influence me cross medium. Ooh. Um, uh, Ooh. I think... Can I, have a, can I have a follow-up to this question that can just be an Absolutely. What do you think is the form of entertainment that you sort of absorb or get inspired by the most Ooh. um okay i've been watching a lot of the west wing which is the old aaron sorkin show yeah um and i'm obsessed with it it is about birds and their wings (laughs) um and it was a joke it is so well done that I, to the point where I, after I watch it sometimes, I'm like, I just want to live in that world. Like, I want to be, the other day I was like, I could totally be a secretary for a, for a, the chief communications officer of the White House. I can do that. Like, that's, yeah, that sounds right up my alley. No, it's not, first <laughs> of all. But that, I think, is what good writing does to a human. And yeah, it's like, it hero, makes you. Allison Janney. Yeah. Allison Janney is the bomb. Bradley Whitford, incredible. Could write home for hours about him. Hmm. Um, but yes, I do think I consume the most television out of any thing. Sure. Um, also because, I don't know, I do think it's funny. The other, a few weeks ago, I was like, wow, my attention span is shit. <laughs> Because of the pandemic. It's I, definitely declining. For sure. <laughs> Always. Um, but I, like, I, I, every time I watch a movie now, it's it's much more of a struggle to fully focus and fully pay attention and fully be in it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, Aaron Sorkin's writing is just, I, I'd heard so many phenomenal things before I started West Wing, and I was like, all right, might as well see what all the fuss is about. Hmm. And now I get it. I get it entirely. Um because it's just so real and it's so capturing characters growth and their human relationships and the the good things about them and the not so good things about them i just i'm in awe of that show i think it's it's a gift i don't want it to end i have two seasons left and i don't want it to end don't you have so much time i know i know so so that's what inspires you. So I'm curious. We ask everyone this, obviously, because it's the podcast name. Like, what what would you do when you get writer's block? Ooh. Um, I, if I can, I will try to, like, 
put some distance between myself and whatever it is I'm writing. Like, I, mm. I would rather... <sighs> okay, so let's say it's Monday. Today is Monday. No, today is... Is today Monday? It's Monday. It's, it's Monday. Monday. Okay, today's Monday. Let's say that I have a piece due on Friday. And I sit down to write today and nothing is happening. I would rather... Well, I think this is also, like, the procrastinator in me. I love the adrenaline of being under a deadline, so sometimes I'll purposely procrastinate, which I think we all do. Yes, but I was actually thinking about this a lot recently. I think the reason it's so much easier... And normally, don't those pieces end up being pretty pretty well-received? Yeah. The things you write... It's because the thing you're worried about isn't if it's good or not, it's oh, am I going to make it before the deadline? So you're actually taking your, like, focus off of, like, oh, what I'm writing's bad. It's like, oh, okay, I have to write. I don't want to be, I don't want to get marched, like, I don't want to miss the deadline. See, I feel that a thousand percent, but I also, anytime I'm under a deadline and I submit it, like, within, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, I immediately want to, like, light my computer on fire. I want to light my hair on (laughs) fire. I hate everything. (laughs) I... I'm so bad about hating my work, and I'm trying to get better about it, but yes, like... Yeah, okay. That's, it's a thing, like, I don't always hate it. I think it's, it's just, like, the critic, I mean, I guess it's why I love acting. It will never be perfect, never, ever, ever, but, like, the, the eternal goal of getting it perfect is what, like, keeps you up and not even perfect just better you want it to always be better when did you start writing fiction Mia? um i took a creative nonfiction class my senior year of high school um it was with my yeah. favorite 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 teacher dr meyer i don't think she'll listen to this but if she Doc, does what's up shout out to you um sh- it was like a dual enrollment class through syracuse i don't really know how that worked but um, Whatever. Not our problem. We just, I had no idea that there was a world of creative nonfiction out there. And it opened quite literally. My, my, my baby little eyes were opened to creative nonfiction. And I um, still work on a piece that I wrote in her class. What is it? It's about my dad. Oh. It's called Our Father. It's, it it's a cross. Yep. It's a, it's a, I'm a big literal title fan also so it's very like it's a crossover it's kind of like this piece actually because it's half prayer and half um like memoir essay about my dad um Mm. thanks but yeah I took that class it was the best class I took in high school um and I just when I got to college I was like why stop now like let's go let's see what else we can do and I think I don't know I've been going back and forth a lot recently about like, do we get an MFA in creative writing? Do we try to go that route? Is that what we want for our life? Or do we want to do acting full-time? Or can we do both? And I I don't have the answers. I don't think anyone has the answers. So. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. That's okay. Though. That's okay. We don't need answers. Not right now. We don't need answers. No, no. Well, thanks so much for being on our podcast. Mia. Anytime. Thanks for having me. We what a fun... It. What a fun Monday night. Um, Mia, do you have any anything you want to plug to all our listeners? Final thoughts, yeah. Have any have anything you want to plug? Um oh god. We'll plug sure. all your um, like your like sites and stuff. Okay. My We already did yeah, that. Yeah, we already did that, but I'll say them again. I'm shameless. 
Um, follow me on Instagram at MiaWalshCorbett or online at MiaWalshCorbett.com, which Amelia designed. Shout out to Amelia. Um, I did. Yeah, if anyone wants me to make their actor website, send, send me a DM. She does a phenomenal job. I can, yeah. can vouch. Thank um, you. Yeah, also just like be nice to everybody. All right. Well, good night then. Bye, everyone. Writer's Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Production. It's produced by Amelia Annan, Dennis Blatt, Lauren Montez, Thea Thronson, Colleen Annan, Jess Thronson, and Jim Keane. And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks and have a great week. Mm-hmm.